Previously on Those Were the Days. I'm a fedora kind of guy. The pebble in the penny loafer of depravity. Gumbo was incredible. The blister on the pinky toe of crime. When he got blown up by Granny's secret sauce. The metal key on the sardine can of justice. This is the best podcast you're ever about to listen to, I guarantee. Wrestling. Nobody says that. <laughs> Ramshacked shack in the sewer. It was. It looked great. I'd, I'd, I'd live there. Yeah, That's an Airbnb rental. They're getting eighteen fifty a month down there, you know. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Those Were the Days. This is the show where we take a look at classic TV and talk about it through a modern lens. Sometimes we wax poetic about how good TV was. Sometimes we learn how toxic some of our nostalgic TV was. But we always have a good time breaking it down, one way or another. And I'm your host this week, Audie. We're talking about spinoffs. And joining me, as always, to break down some classic TV are Amy. In a move decades behind its time, this show packs more sexism and homophobia into 23 minutes than most shows can in an hour. <laughs> Steven, follow that up. <laughs> Audie, I just had two bumps of cocaine, and do I have a show pitch for you? It's mostly women in the cast, but I want the entire writing staff to be men. And if there's a man on the screen, I want to see drooling girls. Got it? Got it? It's genius. And Travis. Strap in, folks. We're in for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight, we're doing it the best we can. You bet. That was the best part of the show. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about a show called Just the Ten of Us, a show about the Lubbock family. Coach Graham Lubbock moves his family from New York to Eureka, California, to take a job at an all-boys Catholic school. It's a spinoff of Growing Pains and started with a trial run in 1988. Now, did any of you know about this show at all? So when I looked up the poster, right, or like the promo art or whatever, I was like, that looks familiar, but I don't remember this whatsoever. (laughs) I can guarantee it would not have been allowed in my house. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be interested to understand why i want to want to know that later on we'll find out i'm sure oh yeah (laughs) anybody else i had no idea what this this is the first time i've ever heard the phrase just the 10 of us uh but man does it not fit a cookie cutter sitcom of the era like between color temperature (laughs) tone (laughs) like sets i mean Somebody walked off one set onto another and said, let's just reuse most of this, you know, <laughs> let's just change where the stairs are and we'll just, you know, we got a whole nother show here. Don't even have to do much work. Yeah. I was, when you mentioned the title, I felt like, boy, I, I feel like I've heard this one before. And when I started watching it, the intro seemed vaguely familiar. Then nothing. I don't remember the show at all. <laughs> you know, and we, we started off with a, with a, I'm going to call it mediocre opening theme. Like, it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, but that's where we started, and things went down from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was laughing at the beginning. I, I mean, I know we're going to get into it in a second, but, like, the initial part of it, I'm like, oh, man, this is like a family sitcom. I've been in that situation before. Ho, ho, ho. And I was ready for, like, There's- your run-of-the-mill Jam. There's the line where he's like, uh, can anybody open the door for a breadwinner carrying the bread? And I was like, that is such a Ralph crammed in line. Like, what year is this? What is happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I definitely. Preview, Amy. I know. (laughs) I didn't realize. Obviously, I remembered this show and I remember watching it. And at this point, I'm surprised we watched it at all in my house (laughs) at all. Considering the subject matter, I think it's one of those shows my parents probably were just in the other room and didn't care and thought it was fine because it was on TV. Um, yeah. So let me get through some of the facts of the show and then we'll get into the meat of it. So, first off, y'all talked about the theme song. 
Um, doing it the best I can. It was written, composed by Stephen Dorff, or Steve Dorff. He's actually the father of actor Stephen Dorff. Okay. I was about to say, like, wait, are we talking about the same Dorffs? Right. This is the Dorffs? Okay. Because, like, if it's it's Stephen Dorff of Blade fame, he was, like, nine when this came out. Right. (laughs) He was. That threw me for a second. But if it's his dad, okay. Now it's his dad. Lyrics by John Bettis, and they both also previously did the Growing Pains theme song, As Long As We Have Each Other. Okay. Now, they've been in and out of the music industry. They had some ties, so they got... To perform the song, Bill Medley. If you're not familiar with that name, you've probably heard him in I've Had the Time of My Life. Okay. Or the baritone oh, half yeah. of the Righteous Brothers. Oh, heck. Oh, snap. I didn't know that connection at all until I was looking no. this up. And let me tell you, I went down a little YouTube rabbit hole of how many <laughs> people reacted to not knowing the Righteous Brothers were two white dudes. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That would be... I, I can see that being quite entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> this came out of Growing Pains. It was a, a spinoff from Growing Pains specifically. The dad, Coach Lubbock, was a character on Growing Pains for several episodes before this show. Um, but they took a chance on it for whatever reason. Some fellas got together and was like, hey, you want to have your own show um the first season was uh basically a backdoor pilot out of growing pains itself and then just four episodes in the spring so uh very very tiny first season but it did so well that they immediately went and ordered a second season so um Let's go through the cast just a little bit because some of these people are pretty interesting to to think about. So you've got Bill Kirkenbauer as Coach Lubbock. He is an 80s stand-up comedian through and through. I went back and looked at some of this stuff. He is very Harry Anderson type of comedy. Playing with the crowd, having some little things here and there. His wife playing Elizabeth was Deborah Harmon, your typical character actor who's been in tons of stuff. Oldest daughter, Marie Lubbock, played by Heather Langenkamp. The funny thing is... Yeah, I was going to say, the funny thing is, this is how I know her first. This is where I remember (laughs) seeing her first. For those of you who are unaware, she is deep into the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, she is the lead of the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I'm watching this, and her character started talking, and... Okay, we watched this on YouTube because it was the only place available, and it was like ripped from I a VHS. Why? <laughs> it's like it's like watching it through those nerd glasses you could buy from the dollar store. Like it's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so she started to talk, and I'm like, "Is that? Do I do I know her?" Mm-hmm. And so I had to I had to do the IMDb thing, and I'm looking, and I'm like, wait, okay. And I backed it up again, and, and I had to listen to it a little closer to make sure I heard the name right because the audio also wasn't great. I'm like, Marie, holy <laughs> crap, that's Heather Legenkamp. Like, that messed with my head for the rest of yeah. the episode. <laughs> Just- yeah, it's, it's really funny. In the actual pilot, uh, which I steered us from, they, when, <laughs> when they get to the house... <laughs> Thank God you saved us from whatever that disaster was. Well, the the characters weren't as set and interesting as they are in this one. Um, But when they first get to the house, she's running through it, and she's like, it's like a nightmare on Elm Street or something in here. And it was hilarious. Okay. (laughs) That's good. So that was the oldest daughter? Or the oldest? Mm -hmm. I don't know who the oldest was. Was that the nerdy, nerdy pious daughter? Uh Yes. The punching one. Okay. Right, all right, gotcha. The She's the oldest daughter. daughter. Who's maybe not as pious as we thought. Mm-hmm. Good mm. for her. <laughs> next, Good, yeah, right on. Next, we had Jamie Lunar as Cindy Lubbock, one of the two fraternal twins. Cindy and Wendy are twins. Okay. Or they're supposed to be. Um, she was popular uh, in more of the, uh, after this, more of the, um, what am I thinking of? The more dramatic stuff she did savannah i don't know if anybody remembers watching that it was kind of very like she did melrose place same kind sure. of thing um mm, okay. did all my children um i think she's oh, been the yeah. one that's had uh 
between her and Heather Langenkamp has had the most continuous acting after this, for the most part. Uh, her sister, Wendy, was played by Brooke Thies. Uh, the next daughter, Connie Lubbock, was played by Joanne Willett. Now, here's the other thing. Both Brooke Thies and Joanne Willett also have been in Nightmare movies. Yeah, they had three. So, I did read that. They had three Nightmare on Elm Street alums in this mm-hmm. show. Right. Um, Less scary than being in this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least but then you Freddy have a Kruger, chance of cares? being a final girl. This is just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have a segment where yeah. we just let Amy go off, right? Like, that's oh, later yeah. in the show because I'm excited happen. about that. Next, <laughs> we have Matt Shackman as J.R. Lubbock. Um, and in reading some of the stuff, he actually wore a lot of Nightmare shirts throughout the series. It's kind of like a call out. Um, this kid has turned into a director and producer. And you've probably watched something he's directed. He did, he's directed episodes of Succession, Mad Men, The Boys, nice. House, Fargo, Always Sunny. And mm-hmm. he was the producer and director for WandaVision. Oh, wow. Oh, no way. Okay. Right. Yeah. Look at you. Come a so, long way from jokes about him being in the closet. Yeah. Yeah, long. no kidding. Uh, <laughs> it was very subtle. Next is uh, the younger daughter, Sherry Lubbock, played by Heidi Ziegler. Um, she was a child actor, and not long after this, she was like, yeah, I'm not cool with the acting thing anymore. I'm just going to go be a regular person. Um, and then you've got kids playing the uh, child, the little baby toddlers. Um, so I know it's Jason and Jeremy Corsteins as Harvey, who is the son. Um, and then Melissa was the daughter that came after them, like by a year or so. The f- first season, she's uh, Elizabeth is pregnant with the tenth member of the family. And then once they get into season two, it's like here she is, baby. So they skip the whole pregnancy thing. I think they do it in a flashback later on, but so that explains the title because I kept watching and I'm like, mm-hmm. there's only eight people showing up in this episode. Yeah, this one the 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 baby's toddlers are not present at all. They talk about them, and you know, I think they hand them off at one scene at the very beginning. And that's about it. Um, okay. We don't really see them, and they they're not in it too much other than that. Than just let's hold a baby because we can't um, make it eight is enough. Right, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> just, just create two props <laughs> that look like humans, and we'll just we'll say there's ten right. of us now. Babies are hard. Anytime yeah. you introduce a baby to mm-hmm. any show, you got like all kinds of other things to consider. I just don't make shows with babies. It's different. Right. And mm-hmm. then and then having two of them all the time. So yeah. uh, forget it. Two other notable people that were in the cast are Father Robert Hargis, uh, was played by Frank Bonner. He's the headmaster of St. Augustine's Academy, the school. Most people will know him. As sales manager Herb Tarlick from WKRP in Cincinnati. All right. There we so, go. He was in the episode for like 10 seconds uh-huh. and he was in the confessional booth. And so right. it was another situation of like, I started hearing the voice and I'm like, I know that voice, but I cannot see his <laughs> face. So I have no idea who he is because he's through the confessional screen right. and yep. the fuzzy VHS rip. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, yeah, that's been. And then up-rezzed. when he does pop out, the wide shot has him so far from the camera that <laughs> yeah. you still got this. Like he's like four pixels on the mm-hmm. screen. Yep. <laughs> I can't even see who that is. And that's why I definitely wanted to mention him because he is prominent in several episodes. So um, this is one where he happens to not be because it focuses more on the family. Um, one other uh, notable person that isn't in this episode at all kind of starts out at the beginning of the series is Dennis Haysbert plays the assistant coach. Dwayne Johnson. Not The Rock, <laughs> but still. Uh, the other Dwayne. The other Dwayne. Um, to be fair, if you looked at The Rock, would you think his name was Dwayne? No. No. No, no not, not remotely. No, but not, not at all. But Let yeah. me tell you, Dwayne. as much as they get into other crap in this episode, when he's around, they definitely play the racism card a lot, so... Oh, see, oh, that was the only thing on the on the bingo mm-hmm. card that was missing, but I old, assumed yeah. it was somewhere. <laughs> it, the triforce of horrible stuff is yeah. just not right, you know? Yep. We almost had it. <laughs> now, this show ran for 
three seasons, and as much as we want to pick apart the content of it, a lot of it was actually more the behind-the-scenes politics of production. So this was actually one of the first shows for TGIF back in 88. Man. Which, yeah, really? there's there's a little trivia piece to blow your mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So it was on there with, get this, Full House, mm-hmm. Perfect Strangers, mm-hmm. and Mr. Belvedere. Oh, I love Mr. That is was not TGIF? playing anywhere, and it's upsetting. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm with you. I've looked for it as well. But yeah, this was the inaugural uh, stuff that was on. Um, this is what they. This was labeled TGIF. Yes, like before the Family Matters step by step dinosaurs mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Dang, yeah. I didn't know it went back further than okay. that. Okay, so, so once we get into basically Belvedere falls off, and then Family Matters comes in. Family Matters, uh, Perfect Strangers, and Full House were all Miller Boyette productions, and they wanted control of Friday. And they basically convinced I mean, ABC we all? They did a good to job. do that. And so ABC basically canceled um, just the 10 of us and then tried a couple other shows that didn't do any better <laughs> at all. So, uh. And then it, it was such a big deal that eventually ABC officially admitted it in a press statement that they moved too quickly. When they canceled just the 10 of us. So, I mean, and then, but did they? as we know from yeah. YouTube, USA <laughs> picked it up for reruns. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we've got it now. And on a VHS tape from on USA tape. Right. on YouTube. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about everything around the show. Let's talk about this fun little episode. Season two, episode five, Coach's Court. Now this this setup is a pretty big '80s family sitcom setup. Like I yep. definitely, mm-hmm. very specifically remember an episode of The Cosby Show because I remember Rudy was the bailiff. Like that is literally all I remember <laughs> of that episode. But I, I I do remember that. Like so the family courtroom. So like I was in so far. Like right. okay, so we broke the balcony. Somebody broke the balcony and then crazy glued mm-hmm. it together supposed to hold the weight of an elephant goofy that's... glued goofy glued yeah, they goofy, goofy glued. glued it uh supposed to hold the weight of an elephant okay this is this all right I, like okay yeah. i was that okay. really could hold a ton it was okay <laughs> and it just it this was the up the up on the and then it was just and then marie steps up to the plate i broke it in a fit of passion enough said that was actually like I was still in it for a while. That was good, especially when her dad was like, "That's not how that." Yeah, works you can't you say that, that word, word and then just cut that off. That's no. So it, it's funny how they were about to start court, and then Elizabeth, the mom, is like, "Why don't we talk this out a little bit?" And then Marie yet again steps up to the plate, um, saying she's not herself. The carnal beast has been awakened. I discovered the mystical connection between sex and violence. And then mom's immediately like, court's back on. Let's go. What's going on? I mean, in true Catholic form, she's just like, nope. Just noped her way right, right out of that conversation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and yeah. Elizabeth is the super Catholic of the family, for sure. Like, she is the one that's always crossing herself and everything. And, you know, we see Graham later on how seriously he takes the religion stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I broke this down by when everybody takes the stand. So first Sherry takes the stand. Um the youngest speaking daughter. And she talks about how Graham um her dad was taking the boxers to confession and she was there when the boxers take notice of Marie. And have out loud impure thoughts. They right, they're all say, going to uh, confession. They're yeah. all going to confession to get their hearts right before the big wrestling, ma- before, wrestling mm-hmm. match. Yeah, now, yeah. before it, they that's right. them. It, it should be noted that in the pre- the premise of the show is that they moved across country for Graham to take <clears> a coaching <throat> job at an all boys Catholic school. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for the show to work, the four daughters who were all in school got enrolled in the all boys Catholic school, much to the chagrin of the all boys Catholic school to have yeah. four yeah. girls going there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's important for this show. Now, and it, <laughs> and, it, it, it could have been fine. Like, it could have been okay. <laughs> like, because that purpose, and even like, I mean, because we'll we'll get to it, but like like these are horny teenage girls, which is not necessarily a thing that we usually get to see, um, and that would have been also fine and downright maybe even progressive, um, except that it's framed in look how ridiculous it is when girls are like this. Look at the look at them. Look how stupid this. Is. And I just I yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the concept so, is pretty funny. Like, I mean, Dairy Girls, which is a, a modern show, like, one, there is, it's about an all-girls Catholic school, and uh, one of the girls, her cousin, her, her male cousin comes from England and has to go to the all-girls school because he's English, and they're afraid the boys will beat him up. And so, you know, like, <laughs> that dynamic can absolutely work. Mm-hmm. This is not how you do it, though. Well, I think yeah. I think Stephen's joke at the beginning of the episode is probably right. It was an, it was probably an all male writing room for yeah. the show, right? Yeah. Sure, felt that way, mm-hmm. you know, and and a particular type of male writer. Yes, uh, this is not the era of the beta male, you know, rising to the top. You know, of what we have today is a lot of nerds writing stuff and trying their best to incorporate multiple ideas and perspectives and views and stuff. And you're 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 doing pretty good these days, you know, all mm-hmm. things considered. Back then, they were like, no, no, we need sweaty guys for a girl to drool over, big jock man. And that's where I took a lot of offense. I was like, this is why <laughs> nerdy people like me had struggled all through the 90s because it, we just pers- the perspective was girls only like these macho a-holes. And this yep. perpetuates that whole stereotype. Irritated me. <laughs> I was like, like, this is the answer. <laughs> this is why. It was a problem. Looks like definitely until later in the second season, it was just dudes writing this thing. One dude credited for writing <laughs> this episode. So There you go. And cocaine. Check the box. His buddy yep. and, yeah, while his face buried <laughs> in the white powder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, boxers are there at confessional, have impure thoughts about Marie. Marie's just like, hmm. And they continue to talk. And JR takes offense, and they stuff him in the poor box. And to JR's credit, he stands up for his sister. Like, hey, that's my yeah. sister. Yeah. yeah. You leave yeah. her alone. Kid like, was a boss. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, JR's character throughout the series is somebody who's never going to back down from a fight, ever. Um, So that's just his character anyways, but standing up for his sister, still good. Um, And then in between the next two witnesses to take the stand, we've got a... I wrote down all the good jokes that I thought were decent, like when Elizabeth... JR said something about being in the closet... And his mom, Elizabeth, was like, we do not recognize people in closets. And then Cindy, the redhead twin, who is also the characterized ditzy one, goes, boy, it sure sounds like him to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Then we get when. That, that's a fair. That's a funny little ditzy joke. Airheaded yeah. joke. Right. Yeah. Like there's. They pepper with good jokes. Pepper. <laughs> it's just the, the, the meat of it is, is not ketchup. Um, so then Wendy takes a stand. Wendy is our other twin, our blonde of the family. Um, and she talks about taking some guy's clothes off at school. And everybody's like, Wait, what? Huh? Um, I don't think we do a good job of figuring out whether it's in her head or if this actually happened the way it was supposed to happen. Um, but basically, her locker's next to some dude, and she just says he likes his likes. She likes his jacket, and he immediately gives it to her, and whatever other clothes she'll take from him. Yeah, because that's how that works. <laughs> Ever. This did have that unreliable narrator thing going on a couple times. Yeah. That I mean, yeah. maybe throughout the whole episode, yeah, but at there least was, twice it was very there was obvious. The, you know, it was the like honor thy father and thy mother. That's the part. You know, <laughs> right. she's like. Mm-hmm. She's like, like, no, that's right. not how it happened. When she's first talking about it, it's yeah. like, 
No, no, I'm sorry. Wendy is not the pious one of the family. <laughs> um, and I love that in this part, Sherry comes up to her and is talking about the previous instance with Jr. getting stuffed in the poor box. And she's like, I've got a secret. And Wendy says, grow up. And Sherry gives the best little sister retort to grow boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I was not ready I'm for trying. that one. I was like, okay, these are sisters for sure. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was so stunned. <laughs> it's like, how rude. Yeah. And then she's talking about JR getting into this fight with uh, who we find out is Warren, uh, one of the kids on the boxing team. Marie's like, oh, so sweet. He's going to defend my honor. And Wendy's like, assuming it's under assault, why don't they get into fights defending my honor? <laughs> Marie's like, because they, he doesn't fight for lost causes. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, so we've got to stop this fight. We've got to get to the gym. How do we get to the gym without passing dad's office? And then uh, Wendy's like, oh, just go through the showers. <laughs> to which everybody's like, Wait, 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 what? Now, this is a regular joke. Uh, this is a regular Blanche Devereaux joke um, on the Golden Girls. Because they'll be like, at one point, they, they snuck into a, a men's only country club because they were trying to find Bob Hope. It's a long story. Um, and <laughs> and Blanche goes, oh, I'll go check the steam room. And Dorothy goes, you don't know where the steam room is. And she goes, yeah, it's just down the... I'll ask somebody like and then that's like one example like that happened on that show all of the time. Mm-hmm. So that one. Yeah. It's weird yeah. when it's so, a teenage girl though. Oh yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. And then we cut back to the, to the family and they're talking about it. Um, I love the joke uh, that Connie refers to them. Um, going to the showers. The last one to the boys' showers is a slow learner. <laughs> it's like, Dang. wow. And then the mom's like, you girls act like you all you care about is sex. And they're like, no, nah, not everything. And we're all like, mm. yeah, they're Seems teenagers. To Seems yeah. to be part of the, there's yeah. like your 80% uh, <laughs> sexual deviance. Uh, yeah. Another because, 20% is trying to get to college. Especially, <laughs> at, a, especially at a Catholic school. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Like, it's so much yeah. worse at a Catholic school. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so, fourth daughter, Connie, takes a stand and starts off with, what's wrong with seeing a wall of naked male flesh when you're trying to save your brother's life? <laughs> All right, children, so they tried to... Yeah, yeah like, this is see. Uh-huh. This is one of those instances calling back to the greatest American hero, where I'm kind of glad that we use older actors to play <laughs> high schoolers because younger kids mm-hmm. saying that you'd be like, Ugh, "This is getting weird." Yeah. But you could safely say that when you clearly recognize a 24 <laughs> to 26 year old actress. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Cool. I think uh, Connie was 19. I think the other girls were all in their 20s at this point. Yeah, for sure. sure. So okay, so. Wendy is the only one brave enough to actually go in the locker room, which she does. And then all the boys run out with towels around them. <laughs> at least they had that, you and, know. At, at least they had that, but, you know, my brain's like, why didn't you go back into the locker room you where just, you would get your clothes? Just and... get your clothes, boys. <laughs> no, we gotta... They can't think it through. They're completely Run out shocked. the other door. <laughs> Come on. This is an all-boys school. They weren't expecting right. that. They have no mental preparedness. It was just panic. Mm-hmm. Total panic. Do the, so the exactly girls, wrong thing. Exactly. So the girls go through the showers, and they see uh, the guys are all finishing up whatever training they're doing for boxing stuff. Uh, Dad, Coach Graham, walks in and wants to make sure that nobody's confused between God's commandment to love thy neighbor and my commandment to beat the stuffing out of thy neighbor at Saturday's match. <laughs> One guy raises his hand, and he tells him to go take 100 laps. <laughs> what the devil. And so everybody else hits the weight room, which is not in here. So, okay, everybody leaves, except Warren, who is uh, established here as the prize boxer. because He's doing his little boxing stuff. And then JR shows up. Hot and ready to take him down. Until Marie shows up. 
and puts herself in between the two of them. Um, and she's trying to appeal to Warren that he do the same thing as Jr. for a sister, a mother, a sweet grandma. And then he says, boy, you have a nice rack. And then she slugs him. As she should. As she should. But then we go back... Then we go back to the family, and Cindy asks, what's a rack? Okay, that's <laughs> it's a sheltered like, family, you know? Come on. Catholic school, whatnot. Yeah. I will say it was a good comeback to a device used by parents in the Middle Ages. That was pretty that's good. about to make a comeback. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, where were we? And then uh, Sherry goes, well, Marie just cold-cocked a guy. <laughs> and they're like, what did you just say? I learned it from mom. And of course, mom's like, did I use the term incorrectly? All right. So, and then we come back to Marie again. Who knew one punch would release the twisted demon in my soul? Now, there was a joke. Drama. I think in this moment, or it might have been a little bit later, where they mentioned something about learning about Warren. And like, well, the thing we learned about him is he's got a glass jaw. <laughs> that to me was that to me was a very funny joke because they were trying to they were trying to make the joke of uh somebody was making the joke about how he likes Warren likes to be slapped around. Yeah. There's a little massacre. Yeah, I think that him. comes at the end. Yeah. And so it's like, well, what we learned about him is he's got a glass jaw. So I thought that joke was funny. The rest of them not so sure. Yeah. But they really hammered right. that point home. Yeah. Okay, next we have Cindy, uh, the redheaded of the twins, taking the stand. Um, and it's at this point I realize how much Connie is doing the Bible thing for everybody that sits on the chair over there. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Cindy like, specifically. Very much the courtroom. Yeah, and then Cindy specifically does the wrong hand and she smacks her about it. So Cindy talks about coming home. With one of the guys from the school, Gavin. And he apparently bought her a sweater. And tickets to go skiing. But she gives the tickets back because she's not allowed to go out of the country with a boy. Even though the tickets weren't out of the country at all. That's fine. Were they not out of the country? I didn't know. I didn't know where they were going. I was just assuming that they were out of the country. I was mostly caught up in the fact they were establishing like she was just going out with people to get stuff. They seem to yeah. be. Yeah. That seemed to be the vibe they were creating. Is mm-hmm. I don't even know this guy's name, but I'm getting some great stuff. She, that, that is a recurring thing with her. And I don't Wendy like both. these people. <laughs> yeah, none of them like. They're not likable. They're not likable, like but I am gonna stand up for them for like in like a hot second because <laughs> I'm pretty mad. All right. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Uh, <laughs> And so they're asking Cindy, okay, um, does any of this have to do with anything we've been talking about? And she's like, oh, no, I just wanted to contribute. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Like, and she's like, oh, wait, I have more. And then one of the – Graham says, this is the last flashback you get. And I'm like, is that something he's saying or is the writers trying to be meta and funny <laughs> in one spot? Just the one. Okay, so the only thing she says there is she finds Jr. in the closet, which basically just tells us he's been in the closet since this afternoon. And then we come to the happy fun times of talking about Graham, uh, Jr. in the closet. Because Elizabeth says at this point, I'm worried about him. Graham says, leave him alone. He's been stuffed in the poor box. Sister beat up the guy who did it. She'd be glad he doesn't pack up and move to San Francisco. Lost my mind. <laughs> I didn't know my pants. My I pooped mind. my pants. That, that I was like, are you trying to say what I think you're saying? Oh, Until yeah. the mom says, why make this a question about whether he likes girls or not? And I was like, oh, they're going there. Okay. And then it got mm, worse. Go. And then it got worse. And then JR's like, I don't like girls, which in this instance... He does I wouldn't not. like girls no, either. No, he has gotten beat up by girls all day. <laughs> well, girls have beaten, have been doing the beating he's wanting to do all day. They keep stepping in and do, throwing the punch he wants to throw. So, 
And then Graham, well, you will when the time comes, mister, or else. I'm like, oh. Oh, they did it. They did okay, it. Dad. Boom, boom, boom. It's the 80s, baby. Let's, yeah, uh, is. we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do <sighs> something, but we're not going to do it with the endearing nature of Archie Bunker, who we're all making fun of, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the buffoon. It's, it's more the, oh, look where we're at socially. And this is a serious joke <sighs> for a serious time. And oh, the 80s weren't kind. Uh, no, to people no. of different persuasions. But, and here we are, no. punching down. But there was also a lot of media that was like the, it. It and I mean, it's like I said, like it. This is a show behind its time. Like, <laughs> like yes, like uh, it. Oh, that was like that. That set everything. I just lost my mind at that part, and then it got steadily worse. Because the yeah, only this is thing where I just decided to go all downhill from here. Because the only yeah. thing anyone cares about is whether this kid is going to be able to box on Saturday. And all mm-hmm. I can think of is the like, sure he's a sex pest, but he's got a really bright future. And <laughs> just, you know, that'll set a girl's eye twitch in these days, let me tell you. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> it it was it was it got messy. Awful. Oh. Yeah. So they actually get Jr. out of the closet. No pun intended, please. <laughs> um, and he mentions while he was re- preparing for a rematch, Marie was laying down with the enemy. And Marie gets jumpy. He's like, maybe I should take the stand and explain this. Because Jr. and I were both in closets. His physical, mine metaphysical. So she confesses about Hitting Warren, and I mean confesses. Yeah, in confession. In the confession to Father Hargis. And the dear father is only, like Amy, you just said, is only concerned about the fight on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And specifically concerned about how well they do with all the alumni there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And probably has a little uh, little bet action on the side that he doesn't explicitly talk about either. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for that part to come out, and I was like, oh, they didn't do that part, huh? Okay. They um, pulled back there. It probably yeah. is a joke on the cutting room floor. <laughs> probably. That's no, you can't say that. Let's not allude to a priest being a gambler. Yeah, you can't say that about a priest. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. Especially a Catholic priest. We don't want to do that to the Catholic Church. It's too fucking it calls from the popes and the moms <laughs> of the popes and the priests and just lay off the Catholic jokes. <laughs> And then that's we what, get that's Harvey Weinstein yeah. for you right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we get Marie going to Warren and talking about how she was sore ashamed of what she did. And then Wendy steps up and is like, that's not what happened. <laughs> More unreliable like, narrator. What? It's like, I mean I didn't see anything. But she did see anything. Um and then from her point of view, Marie walks into a, to go uh, apologize to Warren. And uh, I, I got to admit, he had a pretty good comeback here. He's like, well, if it ain't Sister Sucker Punch. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That was, was not a Sucker Punch, though. Come on. Like, but it really wasn't. You're mm-hmm. in the ring, man. <laughs> like, like, you've yeah. got to be ready. If you're not ready while right. you're standing in that ring, you are not going to make it on Saturday, my dude. No, no, he was he was surrounded by like three other girls squeezing his muscles. Though I mean, he was a little bit distracted mentally when she punched him in the face. Weakness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. (laughs) I'm just trying to be a devil's advocate here. Like he was, (laughs) he was a bit distracted. His mind was not in the game, so to speak. Uh Glass jaw. Plenty of devils in this episode for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And so they go back and forth. And you can see they're trying to turn it into a thing between the two of them. <laughs> it, gets, it comes down to Warren saying, I mean, a guy would have to be kind of sick to like a girl who hits him, wouldn't he? To which Marie is like, no girl would want a guy like that to like her. Would she? Your kink is okay, and, guys. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Just, you know. Consent is good. No, no king right. shaming here in the eighties. No, no. And then she asks him to walk her home. 
He's like, okay, I'll go uh, change. She's like, no, I don't mind the sweat. To which I was like, look, you can like somebody a lot. Especially sweat teenage sweat. boy sweat. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, they smell like just a, a toilet. <laughs> toilet. It's not flushed, you know? Mm. Like, it's just bad. <laughs> so bad. So he walks her home, and we come back to the scene that we saw at the beginning, where it's Warren versus JR on the porch. Marie slugs him. He goes through the rail. The rail. And then we get the rest of that scene, which we didn't get before, where JR is like, okay, if anybody needs me, I'll be in the closet. Marie asks Warren if he's okay, and from the bushes, he says, I think I'm in love. <laughs> Just just running JR's that one like, right into the ground. They just kept yeah. going after that joke. They keep going. And then JR's like, yeah, I, I, I fixed the rail. So no one would know. And so that's the end of the courtroom. Graham's like, okay, so let me get this straight. JR got into two fights with my best, best boxer and didn't get hurt. Marie decked him twice, and he's on the verge of proposing to her. To which JR stands up and is like, Wait. If Warren likes to be slapped around by women, what's that make him? A weirdo. It doesn't matter if your sister beats up a weirdo. I'm back, and I'm bad. Because that's the that lesson. Was like, that, felt like a, yeah. that felt like a swing for a, a pull-string doll for JR. Like He's like, <laughs> yeah. that might be my catchphrase. That's and going on a t-shirt, good. baby. Yeah, but it did not work. No, no well. it did not. I was like... Are we, what are we trying for here? Because that's it. I'm bad. What does that's that make it? him? A sub? What? I don't. What are, you, what are yeah. we? <laughs> no. Why are we losing it? What's the mm-hmm. big deal? Here? <laughs> I don't. It's fine. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> but again, we we got to get the kink shaming in there. He's a weirdo. So they dismiss all. They tell all the kids, "Okay, that's it. We're done. Y'all go. We'll let you know about punishment." And so Graham and Elizabeth are sitting there laughing at all of this. And just like Graham was like, I just wanted to know why the rail was broken and JR in the closet. And Elizabeth's like, yeah, your best boxer is a masochistic wimp. (laughs) (sighs) It's like, okay. So, but, but the parents do recognize that there was some valor here. JR wanted to protect Marie. Marie wanted to pre- protect protect JR. But then the JR in closet thing. Yeah, that's trouble down the road. And I'm just like, oh, such a bad stop. dude. So I wrote stop. down in my notes, like, how do you punish your kids when they didn't do anything wrong? You don't. You don't. Like, you just, yeah. you just don't. You, just don't. you, you go, go, hey, look don't hit people. Work through. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen. Stop hitting people. Don't hit people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, I'm like this oh, is then, this is from an area where you just beat your kids with wooden spoons, you know? Like, yeah. hey, you look sideways at somebody. I got to do something about this. I got to show them I'm the authority. It's like, no. How about you just like establish trust, get the honest story. Go well. Sounds like everybody. Sounds like it all worked out. Try not to hit anybody anymore. But your your reasons were just. So mm-hmm. let's move on and have dinner and forget this and just yeah. get back to business. <laughs> Phil Reed in our chat mentioned... makes, a, makes a point that I did think of uh, when watching this, and it is that this makes oh. a lot of sense when you realize this was a show spun off from a Kirk Cameron show. And yeah, I yeah. did think the same thing. Was Growing wow. Pains like a Kirk Cameron show, or was it a show no, with I Kirk Cameron it bef- in it, Yeah, though? I think it was before Kirk Cameron really... He well, no, at this point Kirk in the Cameron. show of Growing Pains, he had influence. Kirk by Cameron him. was a big star. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. One of the, like, the, the whole storyline of Coach Lubbock was Kirk Cameron staging a sit in or something because the reason the sh- he left New York was because his job was cut for budgetary stuff with the district. So, like, Kirk Cameron's character, Mike, was a big old trying to stop that from happening kind of thing so yeah and, and yeah he was behind he was the scenes he was getting yeah he was getting a lot more leverage right. behind the scenes by this mm. point and using that leverage like you see the interviews of it now and you're like oh okay so you just wanted your little away there boy huh okay um but yeah 
but we could talk about growing pains a whole nother episode. <laughs> oh, um, we will at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I thought it was funny that, again, kind of a meta thing. We're like, why can't we just wrap up our lives like they do on TV? <laughs> and then they wrap this up and then like he they do in the courtroom drama. That he, in fact, can. Mm, was so. that was that a dragnet throwback? Yeah. Was that how they did dragnet episodes? Because yes. mm-hmm. it was real familiar to me. Yep. And I only watched dragnet uh, so as the best a cop part show when I was that, a kid, like a weirdo. Uh, I recognize it and know it is dragnet, but only because I recognize it from Mathnet from Square One yeah. TV. I'm okay. Gonna, gonna admit that that's where I was too. Well, I'm um, the one strange kid who was watching Dragnet when I was six. Uh, no, we watched a because... cop show about math, so let's not... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not yeah. Because there's, there's Mathnet, and there was the Dragnet movie with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks that came out yeah. in the 80s, and I saw that. Oh, I didn't watch that. Uh, I've never no, seen that movie. Uh, but I did But I did watch episodes with LSD drug heads in Dragnet <laughs> going, I don't know why everything's red, green, and purple with lights everywhere, but... <laughs> <laughs> this show was weird. I did. Yeah. I watched this show, and then I wanted to be a detective. And I told my mom that, and she was worried I was going to get shot at one day. <laughs> like that was going to stick for some reason. Well, lucky for her, it didn't. No, I'm not um, a detective. I wish I was some days, you know, steely-eyed, carrying a badge yeah. and a gun. But no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> they made a couple more jokes to finish this off. Like, J.R. Lubbock was found guilty of having a pre-distribution predisposition to violence which if you've watched the series you already knew that's not a big deal he gets his monster makeup confiscated and sentenced to 18 hours of listening to his mother's debbie boone greatest hits collection who else had any idea who debbie boone was no who did missed it completely no idea no. i mean right in if you know who debbie boone was <laughs> i mean i looked it up she's just a singer yeah from that's fine i just want to know our demographic, do you know <laughs> Debbie Boone? Our demo knows Debbie Boone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Marie was found guilty of negligent behavior, behavior and handling a disturbed personality. Ordered to spend more time with J.R. and additionally sent to the church to ask forgiveness for her sins. Father Hargis sent her back. <laughs> and then we get the most interesting nugget, Warren's... Last name. It's Warren Wormington. You know. I don't just creative writing, baby. I'm the right guy. <laughs> he's I he needs a last name. I don't know. He's he's kinda I don't know, he's kinda wormy. He's a yeah. wormy guy. Uh-huh. It, does that does that and sound all, like a name out of laughing to anyone else? Yes. <laughs> yes. A little bit. Yes, it does. Now, comic book brain, for a second I thought they said Warren Worthington. I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> x-men reference and i mean i actually heard it i was like oh okay given the uh given the audio quality of the episode that we watched it very well could have been warren worthington true mm-hmm. <laughs> now i went back yeah. and tried to listen as best i could it was Wormington. um <laughs> and all they say about him is he lost every match that season but he had a great time doing it yeah and that right. is how we end this episode this is our first uh episode of of tv i think we've gone away from and actually felt repulsed by Uh, not just like not not just i didn't care for it but a i actively dislike this show every every other episode that we have done on this show so far i've watched a minimum of two times in preparation for the show i barely got Mm -hmm. through the one and i was like that'll do i don't need i don't need to do this again i've seen all i need to see (laughs) <laughs> and it's like a lot of shows we've said, you know, yeah, I want to go back and watch it or I'll throw it on as background noise or, eh, you know, it was what I remembered it being. And and this one is just like, I didn't remember this and I'm better for having not known what it yeah. was. Um, yeah. It, it made me wish I had a neuralizer for Men in Black and I could <laughs> get the time back. <laughs> and, you, and what show? What were you doing for those 23 minutes? You, you know what? I don't know, but I, I you know. And and the thing is, and and this isn't the worst thing that the show did, but it hurts when you have a couple of jokes that are legitimately funny. Like there was one when the one daughter came to sit down, the ditzy one, um, Mm -hmm. and Graham's response to that was like, well, this was going too fast anyway. (laughs) Like, that's a fairly funny joke, given Uh, that they're they're setting up for the fact that she's going to have nothing to say that is remotely uh, 
point, you know, has a point in this episode at all. Like I find that mm-hmm. funny. But then all of that, all of those jokes are completely undone by the really poorly aged and poor taste jokes that they had, and just like, ugh. yeah, it just bums me out. So here's the thing: I watched a lot of this in preparation because I just got sucked into it. And like I told you guys last week, let's just do the pilot. Then I got to this episode and I was like, this sums up this show pretty good. I thought this was a good, it showed all the personalities of all the the characters. It showed how not good this show was. Like, eventually, it focuses just on the daughters. And eventually they form a singing group and are singing in a local bar. You know. To help out the family. Like you, you do. do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's handled uh, deftly too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching oh, the yeah. show, like I know I alluded to it being written by male writers, but it made, it reminded me of that. I don't know if it's a tweet or small skit at one point where it's like writers might writing male writers writing female characters, and it was like she boobled boobily to the doorway <laughs> where she had her in home <laughs> stripper pole. That there, is that is kind of the vibe I was picking up off of this show. There is a that uh, just there is a Twitter account men writing women. And, and people submit things, and, <laughs> nice. it, and the best one is there. There is a tweet that I will not repeat on this show because it is <laughs> it is that far out. But they do basically do like if women wrote men the way men <laughs> write women. Oh, I can just, I can only imagine. Good. I think it has oh, the word Lord. pendulous in it, and it's just very good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, after the amazing. show, we need to find it for you. I need a copy of that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, please. <laughs> so. Look, look. Some some shows are timeless and last forever and are great and and can even be ahead of their time. And then some shows are just the ten of us. Um, yeah, I'm actually having more fun singing in my head just the two of us with ten than I did watching the show. Like it's just just the ten of us. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's it. That's See, all I got. Like, <sighs> yeah, definitely was like trying to look for this. I was like, I gotta find it. This was a great show, and I watched. It's like. I see why nobody can find it anymore. <laughs> no, this has been eradicated. <laughs> no. uh, the one thing I, the one thing I wish was more available was the theme song because that's been rattling in my head for like two weeks now, and that that's the fun part of the show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This definitely felt yeah, like a. a plus. This definitely felt like a sitcom that no streaming service wants to touch. Like, no, don't break this. Back. Like, like Roku TV, which will put anything on, or Pluto. It's just like, eh, eh, mm-hmm. no, we're we're good. Yeah. We're well, let good. me let me ask you this to the panel: uh, if they were to want to reboot this show today, do you think like the premise of this show, minus all the misogyny and bad jokes? could do anything or is our atmosphere like this whole bunch of people in a house thing is is played out we're done it, the premise of like a huge family like that or the premise like of like a big old fam- dude moves to another town catholic school the whole jam just minus the 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 misogyny could you even do it without i don't know say, that, could you do it without the misogyny i mean i don't i don't know i don't know, you I could. Don't know that i don't know that a catholic school thing played like it wouldn't play, would like, it? Like, Dairy Girls no. plays because, A, first of all, it takes place in, like, the 90s, and, B, it's Ireland, which is just very different. Like, it just mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Different. yeah. Um, I think you'd have to do non-denominational Christian school to get away with it at all, which mm-hmm. would give you some more leverage of jokes to possibly write, especially if you want to really stick it to the religious right type people, which I'd be okay with. Um, yeah, I think the Catholic Church is not one you want to really touch. One way or the other, yeah. at this point, and you, yeah, you probably definitely, it, you definitely wouldn't set it modern either. You'd have to make it like a, a yeah. set in the eighties or set in the nineties or something that. like that or seventies. Like, yeah. Yeah. you're going to do something like that, and then let you your humor be born out of that in the the situations rather than trying to modernize it. Because I think modernizing it, you're just it's going to all fall apart. Not yeah. necessarily a comedy, but I think the closest thing that does it right is Sex Education. Mm, okay, seen that show at all? Okay, seen the previews. I got enough of a premise, yeah. you know, to follow um, follow your train of thought. You know, it's it's high school kids dealing with sex and stuff, and the main character's mom is a sex therapist who is Jillian mm-hmm. Anderson, and it's just like I haven't watched it, well. but okay, all right. 
Yeah, it's good. Like she's just Jillian Anderson's just totally open to talking about this stuff at home, and the kid's like, "Oh, mom," and then somebody at school's like, "Well, why don't you do this for the kids at school?" It's like, "What?" So, but um, it's more of a dramatic thing, but I think it deals with this kind of content a lot better. Got it. They did with just the ten of us for sure. I think it's possible with the right people writing it, and you get the right actors. I think you could do something. I'm just, I'd have to see who that was, and know what they're doing with it. But also, yeah. like, I also wonder, you know, a large family like that because that's just not that's atypical these days of most mm-hmm. families. Most families are not more than a couple of kids. Yeah. But a Catholic family. Well, yes. Strict Catholic family that's following the whole, you know, the rules. You know what I mean? They got lots of babies. Yeah. But I think (laughs) you could do it without having a large Catholic family. You could have... Sure. But you could have, you know, just four kids, and that would be... All right. I mean, But then is it a different show entirely? I guess the, the, the phrasing of the question is like, this thing plopped down now, you know, does it work if it's rethought a little bit? But like the same... Same parameters, same ingredients, different jokes. Does it work? I guess is where I'm going. Yeah, with it. And, and my I, answer I don't, is I don't it know. depends on who's the cook. Yeah. Ah, mm. Hey, look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Thinking in phrase. <laughs> okay, so I think show. we've, I think we've uh, beat this horse to death good enough. It's never so. good enough. Are we no, sure we can beat dead? it some more, but we have to stop. <laughs> Are we sure it's <laughs> yeah. dead? We're gonna we're gonna go out to a field. It's office. It's the, it's office space. I mean, on the printer. We're gonna take it out back behind behind the barn. Yeah. I mean, we watched it on YouTube, ripped from USA. I think it's pretty dead. <laughs> Come on, boy. It even had the tracking um, lines at moments. That was exciting. <laughs> little wibble wobbles. <laughs> Some of back. the episodes have better things where they did not cut it as well, and you see the intro and outro of just the ten of us. We'll be right back. <laughs> So I did, oh, love did the, you guys listen to the credits? Did that you listen was, to the voiceover in the credits about great. Roseanne and stuff? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is mm-hmm. the best little historical. That's why nugget. I love this. Like, that was fun. I had a VHS of all like the Christmas specials, which like legitimately could still be somewhere in my parents' house, honestly. And it's got sure. like a bunch of the commercials. Mm-hmm. So it's got like those eighties holiday commercials, oh, which yes. honestly yeah. most of them they still just run. Rerun on and, TV anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, no, that end right. that end credits blurb was actually my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh I remember is. this. The quick blurb yeah. of what's coming up later this week on whatever channel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's enough of just the ten of us. <laughs> yeah, it is. Next week, Steven, you've got it? I guys? do. I have the conk next week. I will be taking you guys on a journey to a little slice of country called Green Acres. Oh, uh, nice. That's right. Green Acres was a spinoff of Petticoat Junction, and we're going to be watching <laughs> episode uh, season four, episode eight, Old Mail Day. Uh, it's available on YouTube. You'll be able to find that link in the show notes for the show on your uh, your favorite podcatcher of choice or you know, we could probably start tweeting that out when we want you to watch the show ahead of time. Yeah. That's another thing. If we call attention they to it, they might that. take it off the internet, though, so you got to be careful. That's true, uh, right? But yeah, it's a, Old Mail Day's out on YouTube. It's just a search away, and it. I watched a little bit of it, and it looked pretty fun. So we'll see Excellent. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited. excited. All right. Yeah, baby. Uh, Travis, do we have any feedback from the emails at all? Uh, no emails this week. Forgot to... No emails. We had a lot of people um, confusing this show with eight is enough. Yes. <laughs> right. yes. Yeah, we did. We Which had a arguably last week I probably did also, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch eight is enough instead. Yeah. <laughs> Make that mistake. You're better for it. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. We thank you, as always, for joining us tonight. Thank you, everybody in the chat, for hanging out, uh, sharing all your stories around this and how much you dislike Kirk Cameron like the rest of us. Um, (laughs) For Amy, for Steven, for Travis, this has been Those Were the Days. We'll see you next week for some creators. Coming up tomorrow on CBS Channel 7. (laughs) 